Okay, friends, I'm going to invite you to return to your seats. We're going to pray into a verse. Uh, it's not a verse Jeff gave me. It may have nothing to do with his sermon, but it's, um, it's one that I, I felt like the Lord was encouraging us to pray into this morning. This is Psalm 73, verse 1. It says, Surely God is good to Israel, to his people, to those who are pure in heart. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Let's pray. Lord, first of all, it is a privilege to be your people. We are a people called by your name. We are a people who are brought together because of who you are and what you have done. So we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he continues the story of your people and your long journey with them, reconciling them to yourself. Surely you are good to your people. It is out of seeing your goodness that we have responded and said yes. We say thank you for the call. We say thank you that you have known each one of us by name and invited each one of us by name to know you personally. Thank you that you have brought us together, not just as this individual and that, but together as a body, the body of Christ, the people called by your name. Thank you so much, Lord. We worship you. We are a people who, as we are called by your name, respond with gratitude and worship as we have done this morning. What else can we do? But as we meet you, say wow and say thank you. Bless you and praise you, Lord. Surely you are good to your people. Lord, you are good to a people at all times. But this verse focuses on those who are pure in heart. Lord, would you purify your people? Would you free us from these religious trappings that say to us that pure on the outside is good enough? Lord, we've fallen into that temptation. Lord, would you forgive us? Would you free us and forgive us for low expectations and little hope as we encounter a world where we look inside and we say, I don't see how anything's going to change. May we remember that you are good and that you are good to a people and that you call a people for a purpose. And that purpose has everything to do with what we see in Jesus and his redemption and reconciliation. So Lord, would you, would you free us from disbelief where we think without hope? Lord, would you purify our hearts? Would you free us from satisfaction with unfinished renovations inside? Where we say, good is good enough. Lord, free us from that. Purify our hearts, Lord. Would you make us confident once again in your promise of goodness? May we look at your word and say, the Lord says he is good to his people. I will claim that. Once again, I will take him at his word. He is good whether I've recognized it this week or not. So Lord, would you free us from disbelief? 
May we repent of it and once again come back to you and say, Lord, we trust you. Surely the Lord is good to his people, whether I can necessarily see it this week or not. You're good and your love endures forever and your faithfulness continues to all generations. And that is why we praise you because that is who you are. That is the God that we love. That is the God who called us. Lord, would you purify our hearts? Lord, I claim that promise that Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. We want to see you, Lord. We want to meet you. Would you do whatever is necessary in us and would you guide us to respond appropriately to you so that whatever you identify that needs to go, that we might be pure in heart, would go so that we could offer you greater worship, so that we could receive the blessing that Jesus promises. And may we trust that you want to do that. It's not that we are earning your favor, it's that you have offered favor to us because you are good and your love endures forever and your faithfulness continues to all generations. Lord, may we once again be renewed in confidence of your ongoing work in our lives. Surely the Lord is good to his people, to those who are pure in heart. Purify us, Lord. I pray that you would purify us through the reading of your word. Purify us as your word is spoken. Lord, as my brother comes to share your word this morning, May you grant him wisdom and revelation. Would you empower him to speak your words to your people for this moment? That we might be purified in heart and worship Jesus with greater devotion and affection. Would you have your way among us? In Jesus' name, amen. About a month ago, I was... um, I was really feeling this sense of, I need to go away and pray. Um, I need some dedicated time to pray. And uh, I, I called up Jeff Gowdy and said, Jeff, would you come speak on a Sunday so that I can take some extra time during the week and go away and pray? And I went this past week to Camp Caroline. Um, they have rooms set aside for people who want to do that. And I enjoyed their hospitality and even more enjoyed the presence of the Lord and, and prayed through some things that I needed to pray through. Um, and some of that burden lift, and I'll maybe share some of the fruit of that another time, but that's not the point. That, the point is that Jeff is here this morning um, because he's a friend and a brother, and, and he said, absolutely, I love your church. I would be so happy once again to come and share the word with you. So Jeff's been here many times. I'll just invite you, dear brother, to come back up. Thank you once again for blessing me this week and blessing our congregation by sharing God's word. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Pastor Dan. It really is great to be here. We, Jannie and I both, we love coming here and want to just thank you guys all for your love and support and prayers. And um, I, I look forward to sharing something today that's been so much on my heart uh, for many, many years. And when I first got saved, I would hear this quite often, like talking about the will of God. What's, what's, and, and I wondered, what's God's will for my life? And... Maybe you've wondered the same thing. And I want to speak today about that. 
and I'm going to start with, um, <clears throat> in Ephesians chapter 5, there's a beautiful passage here. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14 to verse 18. Wherefore he says, Awake you that sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly. Someone explained circumspectly to me one time. They said, it's like it's a tomcat, you know, on the top of a, of a, of a fence, and there's a broken gla- a bottle on top of the fence, and there's broken pieces of glass all over the top of the fence, and you watch a cat walk along there, he'll never step on the glass. And that's kind of very carefully. <laughs> and so to walk circumspectly means to walk carefully. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So he's saying there, I want you to know my will. I've, last couple of times I talked here, I, I, talk, I spoke about a, l- a little bit about being filled with the Spirit, like that last little part there. But today I want to talk about how do we know the will of God for our own lives? Well, I think there, there's some verses in the Bible that are just so good because they say this is the will of God for you. It's for every one of us here as Christians, as, as people. This is God's will for your life. And one is... Rejoice evermore. It's in, found in 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I mean, I'm not that quick, but that's pretty easy. To, this, is, God, this is the will of God for you. Joy. In constant fellowship with God and always being thankful. If you just did those three things, you'd be, you'd look, you'd be stick out like a sore thumb today. Someone's always rejoicing and, and always giving thanks. That is a testimony. That brings glory to God. So there you know. You know that you can leave here just even right now and say, that's God's will for my life, is to be rejoicing and, and, and praying and always giving thanks. There's another one in the Bible that says, this is the will of God, even your sanctification. And then if you don't quite get it perfectly there, he says, I want you to abstain from sexual immorality. So this is the will of God for your life too, that you be separate from sin, that you'd walk holy, and that you would not be involved in sexual morality in any way. And if, that's part, if that is part of your life, then God says you need to turn from it. And that's the beauty of this. Sometimes we read the Bible and go, oh my, how am I supposed to do this? That's the great thing is God will give you the grace and the strength to do it. But we need to know what his will is for our lives. And it's to turn away from sexual morality. It's to be separate from sin. And then finally, in, in, in 2 Peter, it says that God's will is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God's will for your life is to tell people the glorious gospel of Christ. This is the will of God for your life. It, I mean, if we just go by just what the Bible says, this is the will of God for you. But also, we have the Bible. This, the Bible is the written will of God for your life. It's the revealed will of God. If you say, oh, God's asked me to, and it's against this, it's not the will of God for your life. 
This is the will of God for your life. And if you want to follow God, if you want to do his will, like, like Jesus said, lo, in the volume of the book, it's written of me. Hundreds of years before he came, he says, lo, I have come to do your will. Christ came to do the will of his father. Our job is to do the will of God in our lives. And so if you want to do the will of God, you need to know the book. You need to know what it says. This is what God wants for your life. I, I loved my dad when he first got saved when I was younger. And, and uh, he didn't know much about the Bible, but he knew. He, he said, somebody told him that the Proverbs was how you learned wisdom. And he said, I'm a fool. And I know you kids are fools because <laughs> you're, you're my kids. And, uh, and so he says, we're going to learn how to be wise. And we started reading the Proverbs. And I could probably, I could almost tell you what verse was coming next. And there was, I remember always, there was these two ladies there in Proverbs. One was a, a sort of a picture of the world. And she was a prostitute and saying, come, come follow. Come do, come go down my way. This way, it, it, it looks so exciting. And so, and, and you go this way and follow the world. But that was the way to death. There was another lady was wisdom. And, and she was following, and it, she didn't really seem to make it want to sound that good, it seemed like to me. But she said, if you go this way, this is the way of life. And I remember in the Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you want to walk a way that's right, if you want to walk in the will of God, the fear of the Lord really is to desire to please God more than anything else and to follow his ways. And if you want to do the will of God, then you just say, God, with all my heart, I want to follow your Bible. And will you give me the grace and strength to do it? And you'll walk a narrow road, a narrow, straight path that will lead to blessing down the road. Sometimes to do what God asks you to do isn't easy at the time. But as we follow God's way, as we do his will, there's blessing, not only for you, but those around you. Sometimes to do it our own way or to do it the world's way, it's so easy right off the bat, but it leads down another path. And so if you want to do the will of God, we just surrender to this book. Just like Mary, Jesus' mother, said at the, at the, at the wedding where Jesus turned the water into wine and they, they'd, they'd run out of wine and, and she said to the servants, she said something really wise, whatever he says to you, do it. And that's a great way to live your life. Whatever this book, a young guy, Zach, that was here one Sunday and we've gotten to be friends now, he's, he said, I want to start reading the Bible. And he'll phone me all the time and he'll, he'll say, Jeff, does this really mean this? I said, yeah, it does. Well, that's what I'm going to do then. That's a great way to walk in the will of the Lord. And if you say, oh, I don't know how I'm ever going to do this, that's the great thing too. You have prayer. You can say, God, can you help me do this, what you're saying here in the Word? So maybe you're here today and there's something in the Bible that you're saying, no, I, I, you need to submit to it. Say, God, by your grace, I want to do what you say. And so, this is the revealed will of God. And we need to follow it. We need to submit to the revealed or to the written will of God. But another area is the sovereign will of God. And sometimes we struggle with that. The sovereign will of God would be whatever circumstances you find yourself in. There's a verse in the Bible that says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to his purpose. So the, the sovereign will of God would be sometimes there's things in our lives that happen that we don't like, that come along the path. 
And sometimes they make us bitter. And from that, a lot of, there's a root of bitterness that starts and it troubles you. Just like following the Bible will bless you and bless those around you. Just like as a nation right now, we, we saw as a nation, we followed the word of God for many, many years and we're still reaping the benefits of that. But as we turn away from the word of God, now we're reaping that too. Same as a person. But if you become bitter over the circumstances in your life, you're not able to fulfill that will that God has for your life that could be a great blessing to you and many others. And so I want to say to you today, you need to submit to the sovereign will of God. If there's things in your life, you say, oh, I don't like this. Well, if you can change it, if you can do something about it, like maybe you don't have a job and you can work hard and, and try to get a job. And, and sometimes there's people in this world that can't. They're trying hard. But there might be some trials in your life that you're going, oh, I, I would really like to see this change. And you can pray about it. Remember Paul? Paul prayed, I asked the Lord three times to remove this from, my, from me, this thorn in the flesh from me. And the Lord said, no. My grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So there was something God was teaching Paul and, and growing him in his faith and, and in his use for him. Even Jesus said, Lord, if there's any other way to redeem this world, if there's any other way, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And that's how we need to pray, in submission to the will of God. Sometimes the, the, the circumstances we find ourselves in is because we're reaping what we've sown earlier at a younger age or, or whatever it is. But we can pray that God will help us out of these circumstances. And if God says, no, I'm teaching you something. And, and what I find helps me, instead of saying, why God? I then say in a different way, I say, why God? Why am I in this? Is there some reason that I'm going through this trial right now? And are you trying to teach me something? And if you are, I want to learn it. Or maybe Paul is such a good example to me in the Bible of being led of the Spirit, being led of God. Remember when he first became a missionary, they said the Holy Ghost, they were in a prayer meeting, the Holy Ghost said, separate Paul and Barnabas to, to, to go on their first missionary journey. And so they did. They went off and, and, and they were missionaries. They, they went all over the place sharing the gospel. And then one of the places, then remember they were, they were traveling and they were going in a direction and, and they thought they were going to go to one place, Asia. And it said the Holy Spirit stopped them. I don't even know how that happened, but they knew the Holy Spirit does not want you to go to Asia right now. Then they tried to go to Bithynia. And the Holy Ghost said no. The Holy Spirit said no somehow. And then he had that Macedonia, that dream of that man from Macedonia saying, come here. And so Paul went to Macedonia. Obviously, like he, he was led by God. And so he went to Macedonia. And remember when he was first called to be, I, I should go back to that. When he was first called, you know, you've probably heard that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And I think it's true in so many ways. But Paul's call was, Go tell Paul how many great things he's going to suffer for my name's sake. That was Paul's call. And Paul gladly jumped to it. And he, that he was about to experience some of that here in Philippi. When he went to Macedonia, he went to Philippi. And there he just served God. And God opened door after door in, in there. And then he, he, 
He delivered a little girl from, or God delivered her through him. She was demon-possessed, and she was set free from her possession. But then the people that owned her as a slave lost their business because she told the future. She didn't, the demons inside of her. And so they were, they were very angry. And they had him whipped, and they had him beaten, and he was in the stocks. And here was a picture of a guy who was submitted to the will of God. He was, he was put in prison. This is the greatest, one of the greatest miracles in this whole entire chapter, but they were singing and praising God in the, in the jail because it wasn't why God, it was why. And he knew that God's will that none should perish. So everywhere Paul went knew there was a reason he was there. And this was not an easy way to get to that jail. But God had people in that jail and God had a jailer he wanted to save. And so many times we're so whining and complaining about our lives that we miss all the people that God wants to touch through how he led us. How did I get in? Because we're so self-centered and we're not God-centered. But Paul was God-centered and he was put in that prison and God used him to start the Philippian church through great trials. But Paul was a man who was totally submitted to to the sovereign will of God. Wherever you want me to serve you, Lord, I will. Whatever you want me to do, I will. Whatever situation you put me in, I'll look for what you're trying to teach me or who you're trying to speak to. If you want to be led by God, you need to be submitted to the sovereign will of God and the, and the revealed will of God. Completely submitted. Because the Bible says, the meek will I guide in judgment and the meek will I teach my way. The, fear, the secret of the Lord, the Bible says, is with them that fear him. There are people who are led so clearly by the Spirit, and I've watched them in my life, and I've been, I've been so touched by God through their lives. They're led of the Spirit of God, and they're used greatly of God. But the only way to really be, because we talk now about the revealed will of God, that's his word. We've talked about the sovereign will of God, That's the circumstances you find yourself in. But in order to know the specific will of God for your personal life, you need to be submitted to God in these first two areas. And as you do, as you you abandon your life to him, as you, like there's different verses, like I just shared some where David prays, cause me to know the way and where I should walk, Lord, for I lift up my soul unto you. Do you see the, I'm gonna just speak a few verses to you and you're gonna see the theme here. There's the other one, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God in Romans 12, that you offer your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may discover or find out what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Do you see who God can lead? He also says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. God wants to lead you. God desires to use you. But it's hard for him sometimes to find 
people he can use. Because in order to be used and led by the Spirit of God, we need to be surrendered to him in humility. We humble ourselves before him by surrendering to him and trusting in him like a little child. That's the heart that God will use. In Psalm 32, God says to us there, he says, I don't want you to be like the mule that has to have a bit and a bridle in its mouth and has to get yanked. You don't want to be that Christian. But he says, I want to be able to guide you with my eye. If you read Psalm 32, you'll, you'll see that. I want to guide. See, a great servant can just look at his master and knows exactly what he wants because he knows him. They have fellowship. And I still remember this cowboy guy that was preaching and, and he said, you know, I have different horses. He said, but I have one horse. I could put a, and he showed it even on the TV. He put a bag over the horse's head. And he said, I can guide this horse. He takes his hand. I guide this horse with my knees. He said, I do different jobs with my horses. And he said, but if I ever really need to do an important job, this is my horse. He lives to please me. He said, I just touch him a little bit with my knee. And he knows, he says, I can guide this horse so easily because he's totally submitted. He says, I have other horses that I'm training, I'm breaking. And he says, I, have, I put a little rope on them and he says, all they got to do is just submit and, they, and it won't keep pulling on them. He showed how this rope worked. And, and if the horse keeps fighting, it ends up, its nose is by its front foot. And he couldn't, he's lying on the ground, can't even move, but he won't, all he has to do is submit and he can get up and walk away, but he wouldn't. And he just fought. You don't want to be that Christian. You want to be the one that God can guide you with his eye. He can lead you. He can guide you. Because that's the, that's the Christian life that God desires. Because there's so many things that God, so many people. I, I, you know, you, you read about the different stories about how God leads people. And how he guides them and uses them. And that is when the Christian life just comes alive. Where he can lead you and guide you. He can fill you with his spirit because you're surrendered to him. And you become a blessing. And that's what God desires from us. I know there's, I, I, I remember wondering about all these things and, and coming to the place in my life where I thought, oh God, I, I need you to lead me. I don't even know what I'm doing. And I still remember this one day, I shared this with some of you here already in this room, but it changed my life. I was, I was a pastor and I was preparing for a, a sermon and, and I'm not, it takes me a long time, it, especially then it would take me hours. I'd write the whole thing out a couple times. And, I, and what, the first time I wrote it out though, I had to, because I'm bad at jumping, you know? So I'd try to get the whole thing all at once. And all of a sudden in the middle of doing this, like it wasn't me because I would never think of something else. But in the middle of writing a sermon in Selkirk, Manitoba, in my office at the church, God spoke to my heart very clearly. I, I, I promised him I'd go to Tim Hortons and share the gospel several times a week. But he spoke to me that day in my office, and I knew I need to go right now, right now. And so I got up, and I almost ran. I just, uh, it was about a block and a half away, and I was wondering, what is this burden inside of me? And I, and I went over to the Tim Hortons and it wasn't a time I usually went because usually it was just packed to the doors and you could sit and talk to anybody. But this time there was nobody hardly in there. It was about 2.30 in the afternoon. And I remember thinking, why am I? But I, I went in there and I knew exactly who I should go talk to. It was a guy, quite a wealthy guy sitting right by a window. 
in, I can still see him sitting there. And I thought, that must be him. So I got a coffee, and I went over, and I sat across from him, and I said, do you mind if I sit with you? And he was somewhere else. He said, yeah. Just didn't even really talk. Just, yeah. And, I, and then I said to him, I said, would you mind if I told you about Jesus? And he looks at me like, what? Are you? He said, yes, I would like that. And so I shared with him about Jesus and about the gospel. And the man just started weeping, just weeping uncontrollably. And I was like, oh, wow. He said, he said why? After I was done, he said, why did, you, why did you do this? And I said, well, to tell you the truth, I was just, I'm a pastor here in town. I was just doing a ser- writing a sermon out. And I don't normally ever do this, but I felt very led to leave it and come here. And I, was, I, I felt God had somebody I was supposed to talk to here. And I guess it must be you. And he's just like weeping now, even more, like just crying. And he says, do you want to know why I'm here? He said, I got up this morning, he said, and I was fully planning on killing myself today. And he said, I think he was a doctor. I don't know, because he was, he was wealthy, but he, the way he talked, it was, but he said, I got up and I was driving around trying to get up the nerve to do it. And he said, I was, I'm from Winnipeg. And Winnipeg and Selkirk, if you know Manitoba, Main Street, Winnipeg turns into Main Street, Selkirk. About, there's about seven miles in between. And he just got on Main Street, Winnipeg, and didn't even realize he hardly got, he said, I never come to Selkirk. I mean, why would you go to Selkirk? <laughs> but, but he said, I never come to Selkirk. And he said, I've never been, to, and he said, but on my road driving around, I, I asked God, if you're alive, could you help me? If you're real, could you help me? And then you show up and say all these things to me. And now I'm crying too, because I just thought God led me. God led me to do this. And that man shook my hand. He said, you'll never know what you did for me today. And he gave his life to Christ. And God said, saved his life. And I thought, how many times have I missed when God's been leading me. But I've had time after time after time. I've heard other stories. My only problem is trying to stay soft so that God can lead me. There's people in this room too, right in this room, where my wife and I, were, we were, one day we were sitting on the couch with tears coming. We had a need that we needed God to help us with. And while we were praying, Janny got a text and the need was fulfilled. While we were praying, That's sensitive to the Spirit of God. And you want to be that horse, that that servant of the Lord. There's so many needs in this town, but you know what really speaks to people is when that need is fulfilled right when they need it. When, When he can take you and he can lead you and do things like this where people just go, wow, God must have led you. Not saying the gospel isn't just about I could tell you a million other times where you go out and share the gospel and they weren't really waiting for you. <laughs> but, but you do that too. That's part of the, the Bible. But you want to be a person who, when you pray in the morning, there might be a word for one of your children that God has for you to share with them. There might be just a kind word that you're supposed to say to somebody at work. There might be, I'm, I've had this where God puts somebody so heavily on my heart for weeks and I pray for them and pray for them. And then I go talk to them about Christ. And they said, you know, lately all I've been thinking about is God. God is a real God who wants to lead you. And he will. He will. But we need to be the one that he can guide with his eye. You want to be that horse that he'll go to 
when he really wants something done right. And then the Christian life comes alive. And so I'd encourage everybody in this room. I so and many times, my heart is so hard, I'm like the horse just lying on the ground. All I got to do is submit and I can be free again. I'm, I've been that horse many, many times. But you know, it's so wonderful to be able to be led by God and be used by God. And so I'd just like to encourage you, submit to his revealed will, to the written will of God. And if there's an area you're battling him in, say, God, he understands. Say, God, would you help me please to submit to you? Give me that pure heart. And if there's something you just need to confess, then you need to confess it. That's the beauty of God. Where you haven't obeyed him, just say, God, I'm so sorry. But maybe there's something in the sovereign will of God that you're just so upset about. You need to give it back to God and say, God, I would love to, just like like Paul, I'd love it if you took this away from me. But if not, what is it you're trying to teach me? Or is there someone in this situation that I'm supposed to talk to? I'm not going to complain anymore. I'm just going to say, God, what are you doing in this situation? And please help me through it. Just carry me through this time. Come unto me, all ye that labor are heavy laden. And I surrender my life to you completely. I submit to you. And I ask you, could you please lead me? Could you please use me for your glory and honor? If there's somebody out there that I can help, I'd like to. And it's pretty exciting when God begins to use you. Now, just like, they, just like Paul, he told him, you're going to suffer a lot for me. It's not always like lollipops and sunshine. But God wants to use you. And sometimes he wants to use you in hard places. I'm reading a book about the Third Reich. Some of those people that went into those prisoner of war camps. They led hundreds of people to Christ. But I'll tell you, that was not a fun mission field. But there are people, a lot of the people that really are looking for God and need God are in rough places. And so we need to be willing, Lord, wherever you've put me, wherever you have me right now, at my work, at my home, in my neighborhood, use me, Lord. And he will. So I'd I'd like to just pray for us that we won't be like the mule that gets yanked by God, but we'll be like the servant that he can guide us with his eye because we're so close to him that he can lead us in our Christian lives. And I'm not going to tell you how he leads you. I, it's always different, but he will lead you. So I'm just going to pray right now that God will just really help us in this area. Lord, we just thank you for your word and how you we see so many examples in it of people that you used, Lord. And they, were, they were, had flaws. They had mista- made mistakes. They, they're just like us. And so we're so thankful that you don't work with perfect people. You work with people that have humbled themselves before you and submitted themselves to you and trust in you. And we want to be those people, Lord. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you would, you would touch our hearts. You said the meek you will guide in judgment, the meek you will teach your way. We just want to humble ourselves before you right now and say, Lord, here am I. Send me, use me. I pray, Lord, if there's any area in our life 
from your revealed will, your Bible, that we're fighting against. Or maybe we're, we're trying to follow it, but we don't have the strength. I pray that you'd give us the strength to obey you. Like you said, you give your Holy Spirit to them that obey you. So help us, Lord. If there's a circumstance in our lives that we're fighting against you and we're complaining and bitter, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us just to surrender to you and say, like Jesus, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And that, Lord, as we surrender, as we offer our bodies, our lives as living sacrifices unto you, that then we can discover what is your good and acceptable and perfect will for our lives. Forgive us, Lord, when the times where we've been so hard of hearing or so stubborn that we didn't listen. But I pray that you teach us to listen. That just like Peter, he'd fished all night there and he knew what he was doing and Jesus said, throw the net over the other side. And he said, well, that's not really the way you do it. But nevertheless, at thy word, I will do it. And they did. And they saw a great harvest. They saw so many fish. And we, we pray the same, Lord, that we would, we would be usable from, by you. We'd be clay, just easy to mold and use. And that, Lord, we just say, use us for your glory, Lord. And prepare our hearts to be servants of yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here, Jeff. Thank you for reminding us of how much God wants to lead us. He's highly motivated for this. So thank you so much for that reminder from scripture today. If, if some of that word resonated with you and you felt like there are things that you still need to surrender that you want prayer for. Um, we've got people who'd be happy to pray with you, whether it's for something like surrender or something like I have this healing need that I need or something else. We have people who'd be happy to pray. Please feel free to come forward at the close of the service. Jeff does have to go pretty quickly, but if you want to get in touch with him, I'll give you his number. He wouldn't mind that at all. If, if, if Jeff Gowdy is not approachable, no one is approachable. So thank you so much for being here, brother. Thank you for being here to worship together. Our God is in this place and he continues to be. So thank you for joining us and meeting him this morning. Just a reminder, bathrooms need to be refreshed. Chairs need to be put away. And if you have a need please feel free to come forward. Go now in peace to love and serve the Lord. May the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit lead and carry you through this week. Have a great week, everyone.